Brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. And for real, this is Angel Repair Juice. My name is Reginald Wolfhart Richtenstein. And my name is... What on earth was that? My name is Matthew Pancake, and that guy over there is... Maybe he'll say his real name. Henry Volk. Is it? Is, is that really your real name? Because this is Angel Repair Juice for real. Oh, I thought this was the, the fake Angel Repair Juice. No, 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 no. That was last week. Oh, okay. We were, we were fake-ish last week. Fake-ish. Or something. Well, we we did something. Was, we we did a we did a show, you know, where how dare you do a show about a witch, about a witch movie, like which, <gasps> which movie? Which movie did? Are you talking about the witch movie? Exactly, which movie? You know, I'm so tempted to do that. Just just please. It's it's 2015. Actually, there was something that I was going to do on the show. It won't even take that long. I, okay. I just wanted to like rant about this because there are people that are flipping out about um, the satanic nature of Christmas and all that stuff. They do this uh, every year, right? And it's like, okay. Saturnalia so, and all that garbage. Yeah, and, and yeah. You know, the same thing that they did with um, you know with Halloween and well, 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 well. I don't even want to hear it because, listen, folks, Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus. Um, all of this stuff, these, I don't care whether it's Easter bunny, I don't care whether it's Thanksgiving, I don't care what's all of this stuff, uh, was designed in the early 20th century to get you to buy crap. Okay. So, you know, I don't know why it is that just now y'all are starting to get religion. What, what happened? I mean, come on. Those of us that are, that are smart, we're doing the, uh, the, uh, St. Nicholas thing the the meme you know oh, yeah. i'm out there oh, i'm here ho, to pass ho, out oh, yeah i'm here oh, yeah. Ho, ho, no, no, home oasis home yeah <laughs> i'm Get here pronunciation right well i home oasis home away yeah see folks this is this is actually true the christian the difference between the christian religion being a a polytheism versus monotheism is one vowel. Yep. It's one vowel. It's homoousia versus homoousia. There. Now I can get it right. Because <laughs> yeah. I had actually we, had to go down that path to get it. So yeah. you, you, By the way, it is St. Nicholas Day today. Should, should, we, should we recount the story, Matthew? Yes, why this? not? Why not? <clears throat> I'm here to pass out Twice. presidents and punch heretics, and I'm all out of presents. <laughs> Could you uh could you uh strike me up some really sentimental Christmassy music there, Matthew? Oh, I might. Hey, I might. Okay, um, just uh go ahead and strike that up for me. Well, Let's get a little okay, bit of silence. I'll, I'll put it there and uh well I'll have to add it in after the fact because I had no oh. idea where we were gonna do this. So I have nothing okay. prepared. Okay. Well, well go for I'll it. I'll just I'll just imagine that it's there. <laughs> Twas the night before the convening of the Council of Nicaea. And all throughout the city of Nicaea, everyone was sleeping, except for Arius. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day, the council did convene. The jolly old St. Nicholas was there indeed. And when Arius, his heresy, did start to spatter, St. Nicholas came by 
punched him right in the hatter. <laughs> yeah. Con- Go for it. Go. Keep going. And Constantine had him put in a jail cell. And Jesus and the Virgin Mary came and gave him some stuff and set him free. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's the um, part that may or may not be true. Yeah, the punching yeah. areas part. Yeah, that was, and yeah, he did yeah. get defrocked for that. I I don't know. History doesn't really record says says that. See, defrocked literally meant that they took his robes from him. Yeah, you because know, the robes were important. You know, the what you wore stated who you were. You know, they they kind of believe that in the ancient. So they did take his robes. And the rest of the story says that it's not just the Bible, but um, Jesus gave him his robes back. And that was how they knew that Jesus had been the one that reinstated him because he was in prison when it happened. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They gave him his robes and the Bible. Yeah. And then they come by and he's like, and he's reading, he's reading the Bible and he's got his robes back and they're like, oh. And when Constantine heard that, they set him loose. They set him free. That part of the story may not be true. Yeah. The part where he punched him, yeah, that, that's probably true. Yeah, or at least that's the part that we definitely want to be true. But, <laughs> but you got to think, you know, even even if he just remained defrocked and in the jail cell, it had to be totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about this. They so that's where, was a pretty. That's where you take that, you know, that iconic picture of, of Saint Nicholas, and you put jail uh, bars in front of it. You Photoshop <laughs> bars in front of it. They said, "Say." I punched a heretic and was defrocked, but it was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you, you got to think about it. You know, Arius was probably like the Joel Osteen of his day. Like they said, he was really nice and friendly and charismatic. And totally wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you happen to listen to the uh, um, the Issues Etc. thing with Jeremy Rohde on uh, The Power of I Am? It went through no, that book. No, I didn't know that. Oh, see, that's the thing is, I, I, I know that. See, here, I, I know that the reason that they do it is because there are are people who are basically they're Christians and they're unaware that this is like ridiculous nonsense. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a good idea to have people, um, you know, go over that and like convince them. But they're very good at doing that. Me, I'm just sort of like you know, Captain Picard look on you know. Face plant. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I just can't even. Yeah. Bump. See, I mean, it's old it, news to most Lutherans. I think that Osteen yeah. is a heretic. Yeah. So I didn't do that. I I do know that here a while back. Um, it, I know that it had been a while. But you remember Rob Bell's book Love Wins? Well, yeah. My yeah. pastor borrowed one from the library, and he because it was he's you know, same Pastor Gary, you know, who does the the my other podcast with me. And I said, well, why did you do that? And he said, well, because I wanted to see what was – after all of the things died down, I wanted to see what was really going on. And he said, here's the the real problem with this book isn't that it's there's anything theologically wrong with it. It's that I can't find any coherent theology in it at all. In fact, I can't find coherent prose in it. And he handed it to me and he said, just open it and start reading. And I did. And I was like, what is this? And it's like that, the whole book's like that. Every bit of it's like that. And it was just sort of like, like he states something, and then, like he's going to explain what it was that he stated, and then never explains it. It just says it, and it moves on to the next thing. And 
and I was like, and you read this, and he goes, well, not really. I've made it all the way through, <laughs> but I can't find I can't find anything to argue with because I can't find anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's Rob Bell's postmodern. You know, it's him being really postmodern, and uh, but Joel Osteen, but, you know, he's. Anton LaVey's dead, right? It's rhetorical. Yeah. So, okay. Is yeah. it possible? I mean, should we check, like, Anton LaVey died here and Joel Osteen was born when? <laughs> should we check that? Just, I'm not saying mm. that reincarnation is real. I'm just saying, okay? Yeah, Anton LaVey didn't, I think he died, like, in the 90s, though. Okay. So, well, that would yeah. that would put there to be some overlap but maybe what they did was they sent joel brother joel to be um apprenticed by him secretly <laughs> they went to the same well, summer camp his kids went to you know, <laughs> anton levey's kids went to the same summer camp as joel Osteen, and that's where he picked all that up <laughs> maybe he brings it back with him and now he's writing books that you know if you change the, the if you change the title and the author would people really know in fact, that's what we could do. What you do is you take Joel Osteen's bits and pieces of Joel Osteen's books and you, and you skirt it just enough to where you're in fair use territory. And you, okay. just, and you just sort of throw all that in there, give it a wicked strange cover and put written by Anton LaVey on it and see if people can tell. Just here, read Anton LaVey's new book. Well, Anton LaVey, wasn't he like a Satanist or something? So, oh, yeah, yeah. you got to read this. And, the and power like, of I am. Be yeah. your own God. You know? <laughs> well, that's what you do is you change the title of it from The Power of I Am to Be Your Own God by Anton yeah. LaVey. And, <laughs> and, and you make that the book and you put it out there and then see if people you, – you make it like a free book. There you go. You can make it free, or or say you know you can have this for a donation or something, and then we could give it give it to <laughs> charity and see how and see how long it takes people to figure out. Wait a minute, this is Joel Stein. <laughs> you know, though, I, I mean, we we, we kind of of course we did this when we had um, Pastor uh, Ted Gisi on. We did the whole uh, Joel Osteen or Anton Lavey game. But do you, do you remember uh, Carlton Pearson? Yeah. Why? Okay, so, you know, I mean, he was like the darling of, of Pentecostalism back in the 90s, right? Yeah. African-American. I mean, definitely have that flavor, but uh, he was definitely into the whole word of faith thing. Yeah. And my theory is this, is that he totally went apostate and got to where he denied hell, denied... Uh, I mean, he, he He's kind of just like a, a liberal now. Yeah. That kind of like, like the whole... Old school liberal religion is about that fuzzy feeling you get in your heart, and the Bible is not really oh, credible. Oh yeah, classic theological liberalism. Okay. Yeah, yeah, classic theological yeah. liberalism. But he's yeah. also uh, a new thought. He's also a practitioner of new thought metaphysics, which is like word of faith plus. So yeah, my theory is is that the the word of faith, like when you just get rid of the Christian uh, trappings, just Oh, your left is with, uh, I can't talk today. Once you get rid of all the Christian trappings and the word of faith stuff, all you're left with is, uh, is the new thought metaphysics stuff. That could, and, that's, that sounds probably, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's so, actually a good point. I mean, my theory is, is that if Carlton Pearson wouldn't have went all 
crazy, which even though I think he's probably more wrong now, I can at least respect his honesty. Um, he probably wouldn't have been the next Joel Osteen. Yeah, could be. But you know, he broke with the TB. He broke with TBN. He broke with all those people he uh, ran with. Now he just kind of does his own thing. But uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I think that's the uh, slippery uh, slope there. Yeah. Well, speaking Oost. of slippery soaps, we're going to have to get around to doing that thing that they call. <laughs> we we got to do it because we're going to run out of time if we don't. We got. That's we, true. It's true. Uh, you you sound like you don't want to do it. People well, don't even know what we're talking about yet. It's called the anime, uh, the anime Fire-O's Roundup. Yoriko is in danger as Dorgan, an old childhood friend of Yotaro, has vowed to avenge his chief and kill them both. Yotaro dons his Night Lancer attire just as Makio catches up with him, and she witnesses the battle. Although Yotaro gives all that he has, he's unable to defend Yoriko. But just as Dorgan delivers the death blow, his chief appears and takes the blow instead. No one had bothered to confirm that the chief was actually dead. Hmm. After her near-death experience, the chief regrets having caused her knights this much trouble, and she grants Yotaro the rank of Arch-Knight in repentance. But Makio has guessed Yotaro's secret. And worse, it appears that Yotaro's father, Shin, orchestrated all of what happened. However, Yotaro is still in the dark. This week on Young Blackjack, there's a new lecturer at Heizama University. He's a quadruple amputee. Heizama recognizes him as one of the doctors who assisted his recovery when he was caught in a bomb explosion as a child. He feels disgraced that he can no longer practice medicine. Heizama helps by performing a surgery that will allow him to have mechanical prosthesis. Will the operation be a success? Find out by tuning into this week's Young Blackjack. In this week's Anti-Magic Academy, the platoon goes undercover to find a black market magic item, a ring of unknown power. Once they have it in their possession, Ikaruga decides the only way to discover what the ring does is to test it. But Kusanagi winds up wearing the ring upon which all the girls suddenly become drunk. That's right, it works in reverse. Later on, they are dispatched to investigate a beach where summer never ends. Yeah, they all get to be at the beach wearing bikinis. So there you go. This week on Attack on Titan Junior High. It's time to elect a new student body president. Everyone is running, including Aaron. Who will win? Who will lose? Tune in for surprises. In a rather serious episode of One Punch Man, Saitama is still in transit while Genos takes on the Deep Sea King in the evacuation shelter. At first, it appears that Genos is successful, but once again, he's overestimated himself and the Sea King rages back to nearly kill him. Once it appears that all is lost, a new hero appears. It's Moomin Rider, Cyclist for Justice, who is Class C and very obviously outmatched by the monster. However, Moomin Rider knows that someone must do something, and even if all he can do is somehow delay the monster from killing everyone in the shelter, he will give up even his life to help. But just as it's nearly over for Moomin Rider, a rather impressed Saitama arrives and rescues him. Is Saitama the last hope for the people? Can he one-punch a seemingly impervious adversary? And even if he does, will the people hate him even more? This week on Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, Nez takes Tekadon to see the boss man. That's Tewaz's leader, boss, mob guy, etc. And it's settled that Turbines and Tekadon will become one family. Then everybody celebrates. 
Orga has too much to drink and there's a ceremony. And that's pretty much it. And that was the Anime Faro's Roundup. <laughs> St. Nicholas, the original One Punch Man. <laughs> <laughs> what did Arius say? No, I wasn't even be like that. Let's say that. Let's say that he's that he is like Saitama. So here's uh, St. Nicholas there with his arms crossed, and he's just sort of looking at him. So you know, I'm actually the Bishop of Smyrna for fun. <laughs> which in his mind is the right way to do it is a, so he's like what what kind of crazy backstory is that i'm trying to blah 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 and he's just punch except that you know we've one punch arius is out who wants to defrock him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but why because 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 saint nicholas got this strong why <laughs> 100 push-ups every day yeah, one hundred genuflects every day. Yeah. one hundred prayers every day. <laughs> maybe, but maybe oh, a ten k run every day. Okay, yeah, <laughs> or maybe well, who knows? <laughs> oh man, because it because it, it, this this episode really is being taped on Saint Nicholas Day. It is. Yeah, you know, it's on the church calendar. If you are somebody who listens to this program and doesn't know what a church calendar is. Google it. Go buy one. Yeah, go go, Google it. Find out what it is, and then see if you can see. The thing is, is that I I can imagine somebody going, "Oh, that sounds like a cool idea. I'll buy one." But most people they don't realize that this is what you use a church calendar for to learn all about Christian history and learn about all sorts of stuff that you didn't think was important. But after you learn it, you go, "Gee, huh? I wonder why they weren't letting me learn this." Well, see. St. Nicholas Day was always a sad day for me. And just a thought, if you buy uh, CPH's uh, edition of Luther's Small Catechism, there is a church calendar guide thingy in the appendix. Is That's that my the, thought. Oh, what? Is that the way? Okay, go ahead and do that. I think I got one on the shelf here. I'm going to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's back there. It may not be a full one. It may not have all the saint days and, and the propers and whatnot. The propers for saints, but anyways. Um, yeah, so St. Nicholas Day was always kind of sad for me growing up. So I'd like get on the bus for school, and of course I wasn't Catholic or Lutheran or anything, but you know, with living where I am, you know, everyone's a Catholic just about. So in the town I, I live in, and so I would get on the bus, and all of the kids be like, what did you get for St. Nicholas Day? And I'm like, like you're talking about Christmas, right? Christmas isn't until like, you know, like two or three weeks away. And they're no. like, no, it's St. Nicholas Day. I got I got a present for St. Nicholas Day. What did you get? And I'm like, nothing. I got a rock. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah, I, I got a rock, yeah. <laughs> I got to go to church, and I didn't even get a present, you know. Yeah, I went to church, and some guy stood in the pulpit and yelled at me for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like 40, Matthew. More like 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. It's got to be an hour or something like that. Or, yeah. Because that's that's how, pi- that's, that's how pious your church really is, is what, how long your – two things. How long your preacher preaches and how long it takes him to preach through the Book of Romans. We've been at it for, what, 360 – well, no, 52 weeks now. We've just <laughs> now made it to Chapter 12. <laughs> 
All righty. So we're getting to the end of the break here. So now what, uh, you know what we didn't, you know what we didn't do any of this right. We're going to have to do no. it whenever we get to the other side. We're going to have to remember to do a couple things. One, we're going to have to remember to do the, uh, the contact info. And right contact now, info. tell us what we're going to be talking about on the other side of the break. Well, dear listeners, dear, 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 dearest listeners, we're going to be talking about Akira on the other side of the break. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome it's so, it's so awesome he's choked up about it so when we get back exactly. with more angel of bear juice with akira how i can't even say it like that guy was saying it akira akira that's how he said it akira anyway we'll be back with more angel of bear juice in just a moment Nishimura here at Indiana Comic Con, and you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. Brothers and sisters, I have come today with the good news of Angel Repair Juice. You see, Brother Bill, Brother Bill Shatner, can I get an amen? Brother Bill Shatner. Receive the vision from beyond, from beyond the final frontier. Can I get an amen? In which he received, hallelujah, the angel repair juice. So if you would save your souls, I said if you would save your souls, send me a love gift seed faith offering of $199. That's a prophetic number, hallelujah. Can I get an amen? It's a prophetic number. I will send you a personally anointed bottle of Angel Repair Juice. Does your soul need repair? Then get a bottle of Angel Repair Juice. No refunds. Welcome back to Angel Repair Juice. Now I'm going to try. To, I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to do this out of. Uh, how do you How do you say this? Uh, uh, off the cuff or without a cuff. net. That's how I'm going to do it. Without a net. That's how they do it. Oh Yeah, without a net. It's Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. If you would like to send us an email, Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. I'm going to say it one more time. It's all one word. Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Facebook. We've got a bunch of Facebook stuff going on there. There's a page there called Angel Repair Juice. There's a group there called Angel Repair Juice. My name is Matthew Pancake. You can find me on Facebook. Henry Volk is on Facebook. You can find him there. If you'd like to send us messages, I usually don't tell people no for friending unless it looks like it's a spammy kind of thing. So you know how that goes on Facebook. And there's this. There's a there's a thing on um, on Twitter. Watch me get this wrong again. A R J podcast, right? Did I get it right, Henry? Yep, yep. I got it. Yay! I actually got all of that information right. Imagine. Now here was something else we forgot to mention. Our podcast is old enough to drink now. Mm, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> that's that's including the secret episode that nobody's heard. One of these days, we may release that one. It's sort of like a uh, public affairs thing. Or wait a minute, what do they call that? Uh, uh, just sort of a historical 
something or, or actually it's more hysterical than historical. So <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what happens whenever one when when a guy that's actually been doing podcasts for a really long time has forgotten how hard it is to actually start a podcast. That's me. And then there's Henry who comes in and like we have we had no clue how we were going to pull it off. So here no. it is. Here it is. It's 21 and I actually don't have anything to to uh to toast the show with. There you go. Either way. I have, I have a Coca-Cola. Is that? Yeah, well, you know, let me let me tell you about uh what happens when you're tipsy and you do one of these shows. <laughs> and uh, I don't mean and I don't mean this one. I mean another one. Oh, okay. That'll give people incentive to say, oh, I wonder which show that one was. But, uh, you know, yeah, it gets kind of weird. Because, <laughs> you know, I got a mic and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> which one episode was this? Huh? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look back. I mean, you know, because it's... But when you do a Lutheran podcast and and you don't care if anybody knows you're Lutheran, what you do is you go, like here's here's the thing that I do is say we we have Yingling Lager. Now there's something interesting about Yingling Lager that you don't know. They're the oldest brewery in America. Well, no. Uh, see, when if you look at it, it says on there it says since 1829. Correct. Okay. That's also the same year that Mormonism was founded. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think not. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out a listener pointed that out. It's like, yeah, you know, so I have a bottle here that says 1829. Anybody that can tell me why it says 1829? Someone goes, it's, it's, is it a Mormon beer? And I was like, I didn't know Mormons made beer. <laughs> no, no, no. He was just making the connection. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Maybe I need to rethink Yingling beer. No, nah, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, if you think the pietists are bad, I think the Mormons aren't they the ones that are like like no beer, the smoking, but they're also like no caffeine. Well, like see, here's the thing. Here, or coffee. Here's the thing. If if that's what's supposed to differentiate them from a lot of Christianity, there's a whole lot of Christian churches out there that they're exactly the same way. Don't drink, don't smoke, stay away from the, you know, stay away from the Coke and the sugary drinks and all sorts of length of list of things that you're not allowed to do. So, I don't know. Uh, I I tend to think that the reason that Mormons are Mormons is because they they believe in golden plates and... Alien gods. Yeah, well, you know, that whenever you die, you get... Um, and if you've made it to the right level, you get to become the god of your own planet. See, I, <laughs> I don't need religion to do that. Video games have already done. That yeah, there you go. I've, I've, I've already. All I Sims. have done that so many times already. I have All the, the Sims. I have been the ruler of of countless worlds because of video games, yeah. and I have conquered like you would not believe. And you know what? It's a lot of work. And it's a lot of work, and now that I've done it, I'm not interested in it. So what else yeah. you got there, Mormons? Like, and if you don't keep up on it, guess what? All of your characters die, <laughs> and it's just not worth the trouble. It's worse than a Tamagotchi. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, before we run out of time, which we're not actually running out of time. Um, before we run out of time, we got to start with Akira. And mm-hmm. tell us why – Well. How should we do this? Let's talk a little bit about how we saw it 
first. Yeah, I think you know? that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. My thing was is I remember seeing this because we had just got cable. I was in my teens. I want to say I was 15 when we got cable. Yes, we live way out in the boonies. Um, they finally ran a line as far as our house. We got cable, and we had Spotlight. And this was before Showtime, same time as HBO, roughly 1980-ish. You know. But the thing about Spotlight was during the night, at nighttime, they played anime. I saw Battleship Yamamoto and all that stuff because they had that on there. And Akira was one of them that they played. Um, took a while to get around to you know that, but they played it late at night, and I'm like, oh, cool, I like this, you know. What was your initial impression of the movie? I liked it well enough to where whenever they played it again, I remember watching it again. Okay, but then again, that wasn't a hard thing because they play it, you know, the way they used to do that, and maybe they still do it. I don't know. I haven't had a, a cable channel, a movie channel, in a long time. But they would play it like eleven o'clock or something like that, and then it would play again at four in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you know that was a big deal, you know. But. Gotcha. Yeah, I enjoyed you know, and then lost track of that for a while, you know, um um anime. It's my fault really. You know, you get you get older and you say, Well, you know, I'm gonna move on to other stuff. You know, it's a it's the meme in the United States. An animations for kids. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first see it? Well, um it was I'd like to say a couple years ago. But I remember just like seeing the uh, DVD box, like whenever I go into the video store or. So you saw it that way. I saw it on. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I actually rented it the first time I saw it. But do you remember like uh, Suncoast videos? Yes. Suncoast. Yeah. We had a Suncoast down here um, so, until recently, until like yeah. maybe four years ago. Yeah, I don't know if the chain shut down or what, but Suncoast was like a really cool store because they they had I think they just had a lot of foreign stuff in general, you know. Yeah, they had a large anime section. That's how I got finally see all of Blue Seed was because of them. Yeah, so uh, I remember just going in when I was just like like a real little kid, just being like mesmerized by all the anime stuff, and then like, they'd always have like you know DVDs of Akira. But then they'd also have like the Kira toys, and um, you know, so I, I just thought it looked cool. But you know, I was never allowed to watch it because it's like you know, rated R and definitely not for children. Um, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's not that it's, it's horrible, but it's just, it's not for children. It's really violent, and in both of the dubs, there's quite a bit of profanity. But. Um, yeah, don't forget to explain what you mean by both of the dubs. I think for dubs, I've probably seen the older one. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, th there were two different dubs for Akira. Um, th the first one that, if you watched it in the 80s, uh, was done by Streamline. Uh, I guess that was a... I guess Streamline just acquired the rights to to do this dub. They didn't actually do it themselves. It was done by... Um, who did it, Matthew? Do you, do you have the page up? Oh, um, it, it's here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so yeah, there's. I'll, I'll find it. 
Yeah, there's actually another company that they did the initial dub. The Streamline just acquired the rights to it when they released it. Um, and because I, I actually have that dub. Yeah, Electric uh, Media. Electric Media. That's it. Yeah. Because it seemed like forever, like uh, every time I would go in um, Goodwill, they had tons of Akira VHSs. Yeah. And so I ended up getting both the Pioneer and the Streamline VHS. Now I have it on DVD, so both of them are on the DVD. But yeah, in the in the older dub, there's not as much profanity, but it's also horribly cheesy. And they don't say Akira, they say Akira, which gets <laughs> <laughs> kind of gets kind of annoying. But uh, the Pioneer dub was a lot better. But if you just you really want to get the full experience just watch the subtitles and listen to the original japanese because that's the best but um yeah so i finally just rented it a couple of years ago and it kind of freaks me out a little bit oh yeah but, but i thought it was amazing <laughs> this is it's my kind of thing that sci-fi um dystopian cyberpunk stuff i think is just amazing oh so. yeah you're talking about you you know when you say cyberpunk some people um say that that practically invented that some people say uh, that. i don't know if that's true or not because it's not something that i think anybody can pinpoint but there you go no no there's been like you know if you think about the 80s there was tons of of like dystopian sci-fi um you know, like you, you have the, you have RoboCop, you have Judge Dredd, you have Blade Runner, which probably, that's probably the most prominent example is Blade Runner. But, um, you know, it's funny. Let me go get this VHS box because you know, Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I love the book too. Um, the Philip K. Dick wrote, uh, the Android's dream of electric sheep. That's what it's based off of. Uh, yeah, so this is the original Streamline dub. It was put up by Orion Home Video. And on the back of the, bo- the box, you, know, you have the accolades. So, like, you have, you have, like, one of them that says the video pick of the le- week. Another one says spectacular. So the one at the very end says, next Blade Runner will look like Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, who said that? That was... Joe Baltic at the Sacramento Bee. <laughs> Whoever that was. <laughs> Whoever that was, yeah. <laughs> it makes Blade Runner look like Disney World. <laughs> he's, he's one of like 12 reviewers that they could actually get to watch it. It's like, what do you mean it's from Japan? I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Why would I want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... But I don't know. It's just really actiony, really sci-fi. Um, I, I just loved it. Um, and what I think what I love the most though is the animation style because the animation is just even after all of these years, it's just awesome animation. Like when I think of anime, that's what I think of is like Akira. This um, to me, this has like a classic anime look. That late '80s, early '90s. Look. Yeah. The poster, I, I just like the, the animation, like the, the style itself, because it was more realistic. You know, like they didn't have the big Moe eyes or anything. Everyone just looked normal. 
Okay, move to the left a little bit. You're starting to like garble up. How about now? Yeah, you're better. Okay, but yeah, the thing I think I liked about Akira is that all the characters look normal. You know, um, so yeah, it's it, it's, just, it's good. You should go watch it. Oh yeah, I have so, a giant Akira poster hanging up in my room. Yeah. It's, okay, it's, now here's the thing though: is why would we talk about it? Hmm, that's why? A good point. Yeah. Well, um, go over the plot a little bit. Um, the year is 2019, and Tokyo has been through a, uh, a war. I believe it was World War Three, if I remember right. Um, and what happened in this last war? Okay, no, I'm wrong. So in 1988, there was a a nuclear explosion that destroys Tokyo, and it culminates in World War Three. So all these years. All these years later, and uh, the city of Neo Tokyo, which the story takes place in 2019, uh, like everything is like run down, but Tokyo is like run by these like biker gangs. And so, uh, the leader of one of the gangs, his name is uh, Canada, Canada, and um, he has his gangs, and they have this rival gang uh, called the Clowns. So the movie starts off, and they're like like fighting each other on their motorcycles. So Kaneda's friend Tetsuo is kind of like the runt of the group. Uh, everyone kind of gives him a hard time, but Canada's always like looked out for him. And so they, while they're like battling these, uh, these other bikers called the clowns, um, Tetsuo is riding along in his cycle and he sees this weird looking kid. And he like, like lays down his bike and um, these government people come and they take him away along with the weird looking kid. And two, like, and also like, uh, <laughs> I heard on a podcast somewhere, so, like you always know, like when a movie is supposed to be like scary for the Japanese, it was because there's always social like unrest, <laughs> like protests to say like the Japanese are like, afraid of nothing more than social unrest and like protests in the streets. Um, so there's a lot of that, like political, uh, protests, protests by students and stuff. No, well, that's a big part of the movie. Yeah. But so, uh, when the government takes Tetsuo away, they take him to this like underground research facility and they find out that he has these latent, uh, psychic abilities. So they start like probing into his mind and the short, version of the story is that he is like incredibly powerful and he goes on a rampage and starts killing people and he turns into a monster and it's really awesome i don't want to spoil it (laughs) the implication is is that the uh the the nuclear weapon is what caused this what caused this because it's not just him there are other people that have have psychic powers too yeah, and one of the children was Akira. Um, he's he's like a messiah figure. There's people who worship him, and it's kind of uh, hinted at throughout the movie that the explosion that happened in '88 was due to Akira. He actually caused it. Um, and so like, like, there's this great part where Tetsuo is like looking for Akira. And of course, he like he's like wearing a cape, 
and he has this like uh, god complex and this uh, god ego, and so he's just like not going to let anyone stop him. And so he goes into this underground facility, and he thinks that he's finding like a hero who who either been like hiding all this time, or maybe he's been cryogenically frozen. And all that's left is a cure. It's just like parts of his remains that they have like in these like test tube things. And, uh, which was just like a really cool moment in the film. Um, but I I think what they really play, play up on is this, I don't even know if it's not even like a redemption thing, but it's just, uh, Tetsuo realizing how evil he is. He just goes off the deep end. He's like, just completely depraved, and now Tetsuo uh, thinks who's evil. He realizes that he's evil. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. At the end, um, he realizes how evil he's become because at the very end of the movie, um, it's a pretty iconic scene. He just morphs into this giant blob of of flesh, and um, it's just really gross looking. And he he cried because th- this whole time Canada's been trying to stop him. And at the very end, um, he like cries out for Canada to save him. And then Akira comes back and basically just like like dissolves his body in this flash of um, this explosion of light. And uh, it was pretty cool, but. <laughs> <laughs> Really, it, it was. It's just cool. <laughs> it, it's just it's great animation, and um, that's all I can say. <laughs> I, I thought I thought my thoughts would be more profound, but they're just not. <laughs> well, not if you're good. See, I realized that last week. That here's something that we can discuss for a second. Discuss it right in front of everybody. Is I'm having trouble with. Um, I, it's funny because I don't seem to have much trouble with spoiling stuff in the Anime Fire's Roundup. But when we get to the back half, I've got this thing where I'm like, oh, I, I ought to be careful how much it's, it's like. No, listen, if you're listening to Angel Repair Juice, you're at the back half of that thing. I'm not going to worry about spoiling anything anymore. Okay, okay. So, if I'm, so if I'm talking about something... Because some of these things are so cool that you just kind of have to see them for yourself. And yeah. and we get it in our heads that, you know, if you were to talk about it, it would ruin it. But to some extent, that's not actually true. You can tell people almost, you know, scene for scene, shot for shot sometimes. And people are like, oh, oh, that sounds like it's really cool. I'll watch it. And then afterwards, they're exploding as though you never told them anything. You know, I I remember this when I was a kid, just telling people how Star Wars was, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's okay, I'll go see Star Wars." And then they come back and start telling you how wonderful it was, and tell them, "Oh, <laughs> do you remember this scene? It's like really cool." It's, it's like, "Yeah, I told you all about it." You know, it's like, "Oh, it's so great." It's like, I'm not certain that it spoils anything. You know, telling tell you know telling somebody something might be going on. I don't think it spoils anything. I, and unless what you're doing is just sort of like laying the exact ending out like if there was a a, a twist at the end which that, i just did yeah. well there's really a twist in akira yeah. it's it's pretty straightforward yeah it's i mean you that's the thing about the that um a lot of uh, japanese genres are intended to be straightforward 
to get and some of them are are supposed to be um you start off at the beginning knowing exactly how it's going to end you can tell how it's going to end there, there's just every just blatant in your face and the, and the idea is is that that um you wish that it could be different that it's going to wind up someplace else but it but you know it's not going to you know this is you get this foreboding uh from from watching it that's um we talked about the uh, the shinju genre where it starts off with you know you see the the main characters they're already dead in fact sometimes they're even telling you the audience that yep we died you know <laughs> and now <laughs> We're dead, you know, and now you're going to find out how that happened, and there's not going to be one thing you can do to stop it because we're already dead. <laughs> so let's go. Let's and and you have to watch this thing, you know, unfold. Um, or you read the book, you watch something unfold, you know. So in a way, looking back at Akira, it's not that they start off with, oh, look, they're dead, but there's a way in which they do because there's an explosion at the beginning. And there's an explosion at the end. Yeah. So, you know, it's already happened once that 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 genie's been uncorked. It's kind of hard to get it back in the bottle. And yeah. and, and you start seeing it coming. Uh, well, to I think Akira's weakness is this that it is a long movie. It's probably about two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. While you're doing that, I'm going to look at look at the uh, the running time on that. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Uh, 121 minutes. Okay. Oh, well, it's only about two hours in. Well, that's long for any any animated movie. That's true, Disney's yeah. Disney's standard was um, 80 minutes. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, so... Yeah, so it's about two hours. Um, it's long, but the weakness is that is this, is that Akira was adapted from a manga series yeah and it's hard to fit an entire manga series into one into movie two. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um, um so I, I mean there's that so i everyone's different like, I, like i've showed it to my my brother and my dad and it gets to a point that you, you kind of know where the story's going and they're like oh i wish they'd just hurry it up already but it wasn't that way for me. So I found that everyone who watches Akira comes away with a different reaction. Yeah. Well, good. That, yeah. means, that means that they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. You know, no, I remember hearing a commentary. I wish I could remember who it was. It may have been Coppola. It may have been Francis Ford Coppola in, uh, in the, cause I have the, uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula up on the shelf here, and there was a time in my life where I was just all about that movie for like six months. I was I had like Laserdisc special edition of it, and it was that was it was a big deal back in those days because you know you had nobody had ever heard of director's commentary before, and one of the things he said about any movie, any of his movies, said he doesn't like it if everybody is in total agreement of of. You know what it's about, and and how wonderful it is, and all that stuff. Doesn't feel like he did his job. <laughs> yeah. I failed. Yeah. You know? So, you know, think about think about any movie that he made, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is a movie where everybody comes away with a different 
different feeling, different idea, you know. Um, the Godfather. Um, Bram, Bram Stoker's Dracula is another one, you know. So Yeah, that's true. Just great. And and anybody that's going to make a movie, I mean, you know, in those days for in in Japan, if you made a movie like that, like they were they were talking about, um, you and I were looking over some stuff, and someone said that the uh, the uh, the budget was ten million dollars. They don't put it that way here. It's it's one billion one hundred million yen is, is what it says that the the budget is. That's crazy high. You know. Oh really? Yeah. Well, the, this I tell people: don't worry about exchange rates. Think about it like you were in the culture. Japan has ninety-nine and one hundred yen stores. We have you know, we have dollar stores, right? So, if and this is not like putting down the yen or anything. Just think about it. You know, yen is being like the penny that you would, if you were you know, if you had to be in Japan, you had to figure out. What on earth am I paying for? What? How do I figure this out? That's that's how you'd think about it. So, you know, move the decimal point over. You're talking about eleven million dollars more yes, than yeah. you know, more than that. If you if you just think, who cares about exchange rate? Just think about you know a movie costing eleven million dollars in the eighties. Any movie, let alone a, an animated movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And then say, true. "Oh yeah, and we need to make our money back somehow." <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so they had to. So obviously, you know, the the original manga had a a following, but it also sort of had a pedigree in the or had. A, um, that's the wrong word. I don't know what my problem is today with wrong words. Um, it had, um, you know, amongst amongst the fans and just the general populace, it had a. Uh, it had a um, kind of a, a cred, a street cred, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that they all thought that, yeah, this would this. It says something about us, you know, as a as a culture, and they felt like, oh yeah, we ought to make this into a movie. And you know, I w- I wish that I'd have been a little more scrupulous in those days because they actually had a laser disc of it at one Ooh. point. That would have been nice. To yeah, play. that's probably worth the money 19, now. Yeah, if if I had it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Would have been nice. But of course, it's, I think you can stream it now on Funimation, right? Funimation says that they've got it. Um, uh, to purchase it, I imagine. No, no, it's part of the streaming thing. Oh, okay. if you're if you are well, that's technically a purchase. But if you're if you're in the streaming thing, you could watch it. But I I would bet you that it's the new it's the new dub. Yeah, the, or the not pioneer, dub, but. Uh, they probably actually. Why don't I just go ahead and look? You go ahead and talk I, while I'm looking. Yeah, I mean the Pioneer dub was far superior to the Streamline dub. I mean, it's there's really no comparison, even though it's not the original. Um, do you know they they keep on talking about doing a live action one? Yeah, that comes up from time to time. Supposedly they. Like the latest one, Christopher Nolan's on board somehow. Yeah, I heard that. Make it, yeah. I heard that. I still don't know how I feel about it. Well, yeah, you know, because think about it for a second. I mean, it's already it already pretty much rocks. You know who who wants 
to yep there it is akira uh it says subtitled 100 they listed as 124 minutes mm, okay yeah it's been it says that the release of this one was um october 29th 2013 okay but, but it's a 1080p stream so if you got Funimation, it's on there. Yeah, now, isn't that do. awesome? Because you can't get the original uh, Neon Genesis, but you can get this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Akira probably is a bigger deal than the Neon. Well, I don't know if you could really say that. Without Akira, there wouldn't be a lot of stuff in anime, I feel. It, it really was kind of like a catalyst moment. Yeah, well, it is for for us overseas, especially. That's well, yeah, because it, it really it really hit people uh, overseas and doing made a che- an impression. Doing a check here to see if if they had Ghost in the Shell, just as a comparison. They have Ghost in the Shell Arise. That's, that's the new one, right? That's one of the new ones. Yeah. So, okay. So they don't even have Ghost in the Shell in here. Oh wow! I'm still yet to see that though. But they have. Oh yeah. Oh, you ought to yeah. see. You ought to see that one. I've I've seen you know parts of the um, standalone complex. I've seen the second movie. Yeah. But I still haven't seen the first one. Yeah, you ought to see that one. That's that's the one that um, people. That's that. Well, they probably do this with with Akira too, but uh, Ghost in the Shell is the one that I know for a fact that they study. Um, whenever um, I'm trying to the California Film Institute, I want to. It's not actually California, but it's the, it's the one, the same one that George Lucas and all of them went to. You okay. know, Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and all these, they're all graduates of this. Um, I think it's I, I want to say it's UCLA. I'd have to look it up, and and I'm not interested in looking it up right now. But I do know. For a fact that they they studied these movies, you know, if anybody wants to see what kind of impact that have, all you have to do is watch George Lucas's THX eleven thirty eight. Okay, if you've, to see what kind of you know, it's not that like I know I know that they didn't do Akira because I think that that's like later for them. I'd have to see a timeline to see you know what it was that they'd be studying, but. There's all, all all sorts of Japanese movies that I know get studied in in film school, and you know if you want to see what kind of effect that stuff has, watch watches uh, THX eleven thirty eight. A lot of people don't even realize that George Lucas made this movie. They actually made it twice. It was a student film first, and then it became a major release. It was his first movie. It's a crazy, crazy movie. Hmm. THX THX eleven thirty eight. In fact, that's where THX comes from. You know, THX oh, okay. sound system. I was wondering what the uh, the correlation was there. Yeah, the 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 original that was um, the his lead character's uh, designation was THX eleven thirty eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's hey, uh, see. Here's an here's an example of you can't spoil the movie. At the, at the end of the movie, there's this chase scene going on where the the lead character is being being chased by these, and they got to catch him, right? And and at one point. Um, some guy is, you know, studying some numbers. He's doing an analysis. He goes, "Okay, this pursuit has officially gone over budget. We must terminate." <laughs> the, the, ch- the chase has gone over budget. <laughs> it's like what? 
in in this crazy dystopian world that he's created, if they run out of mo- if they run out of money chasing the bad guy, they'll just stop. Huh. <laughs> Which is it makes it makes sense. Well, that's George Lucas taking a dig at at the studios because the stu- here's how studios always handle when a movie starts to run wildly over budget, they shut it down. Yeah. They, 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 so we're not even going to finish it. It's like, well, can you spend all this money? How are you going to get your, your <laughs> money back on that? No, we're just we're, – we, we're stop. We're, we're not going to – so he puts this in the movie. <laughs> this is how <laughs> – see, and, and you can't spoil this because it's the funniest thing in the world. It doesn't matter if you know about it in advance. It's just – this is how the movie – this is how the movie ends. Hey, I, just, of- I just quote-unquote spoiled it for you, but nope. No, I haven't actually. Speaking of Lucas, did you get tickets to the uh, new Star Wars? I didn't get tickets because that's all about opening night, and there's no way I'd be able to stomach it. Yeah, I just I'm not a kid anymore. So I I, I do plan to see it for um, you know during that first week. I already got the place picked out and everything. Oh, okay. I know that you know they're going to be running it on like four screens. Oh, at least <laughs> well, I've already checked it's like yeah we're going to be running on about four screens all week it's like yeah if you can imagine I remember the day whenever they said These, this movie is going to open in this many theaters they said well now it's going to open up in this many theaters on this many screens per theater yeah wonder how long it's going to take before actually they already know um, when that movie is going to be streaming well the Star Wars yeah they already know when it's going to be streaming and who's going to be streaming it. They they already have all of this locked down. Oh wow! Yeah, when huh. it's it's uh, release dates and all that stuff. When when you can see it on Netflix. Hmm. I'm like, okay. I only had Netflix. <laughs> I only had Netflix. Well, you you just about don't have internet, so. Just about. <laughs> Forever, yeah, we're getting close enough to the end here where you know we're going to be wrapping it up. But uh, for those of you who don't know this, Henry has to use his iPhone and the data plan in order to do this podcast with me. He doesn't yep. have internet where he can do Skype, like super Skype, and have it sound beautiful. So if any of you have ever wondered why it always sort of – sometimes it's a little, little iffy, that's why. My fault. Who knows? I don't know that it's your fault. Because, to be honest with you, there are places in the United States where there just isn't internet. There's just not decent internet. Some places, they don't have it at all. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. So, don't ever blame yourself. There's no excuse for... Okay, I won't feel better about myself then. There's never an excuse. In 2015, it's almost 2016, and and there's still not ubiquitous internet all all around the United States. You've got to ask yourself why. See, see, listeners, it's actually just how my voice sounds. It has nothing to do with the quality of my internet. <laughs> it's just my voice sounds this way. Yeah, he sounds like a he sounds like a like a you know a robot in a tin can. Yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> okay, it's, so it's my voice. Yep. Well, not to pick on that, but it's just not picking on that at all. It's just it's twenty six. It's almost twenty sixteen. I'm pointing at my fake watch when I do this. Pointing. It's almost okay. twenty sixteen. Why is this still happening? Why are there still watches? That's yeah. my question. Well, because Apple says so. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. 
Why don't you make- um, go ahead. Frederick von Wolfhart Richterstein? And why don't you take a run at doing the uh, the uh, contact info real quick? Oh, okay. we- contact info. Well, if you would like to contact us, you can contact us at Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail dot com. At PC is for podcasts. At Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail dot com. Don't be afraid to write us. We don't bite. And oh, and we're on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. You can join our group on Facebook or like the page or do both. And also uh, find us on Twitter. We're there. A-R-J Podcast. Podcast. Yep, at A-R-J Podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a strange moniker. So why don't you come back and listen to us next week when we have more Angel Repair Juice. Woo-woo.